Well, right now, uh, right now we're we're amongst greatness. Right now, this is uh, an extraordinary thing. I've been staring at this guy's face for the past week and a half, <laughs> just uh, getting a lot of work done. But we have a lot to talk about. Let me kill the reggae bass for this, so we could just jump into this. Introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, just tell the people who you are and what you're about. Yo, what's going on? This is Calvin Baycoat. I go as Calvin Baycoat now, but formerly known as Calvin Klein of Brooklyn Dawn. You know, that's what it is. Do you think you'll always be the Brooklyn Dawn? Um, I mean, history history will have it. But, you know, I mean, I think I'm going to do a lot of things that's going to surpass that name. I think it's going to be a few other names that people are going to give me later on in life as I grow to become much better, larger, and uh, other things of that nature. You're one of the few guests that, uh, you know, we've been doing radio for like two and a half years Two and a half now. years now, yeah. And most of the time that we do radio, we just kind of wing it. We always go in the show. We never know what the fuck we're going to say. We just say shit. But we actually did a lot of research for this one. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to get it right. You know, we wanted to make sure we got it right. We didn't want to go on hearsay or what have you. So we wanted to make sure we got it right. So yeah, I think ab- I think above everything else, we need to, to speak about the future before we even go to the past. Okay. And I want to talk about the foundation because mm-hmm. the foundation... Uh, you know, I sat in on the meeting and I really got a feel for what it is and, and what you guys are trying to accomplish, especially you in particular. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And especially coming from Brooklyn, you know, we we grew up in the projects. We're still in the fucking projects, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But not me. I'll, but go ahead, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the people that that we knew growing up, they went through the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never got locked up. He's never got locked up. I never got locked up. That's good. We've always been pretty clean I, in that I've, aspect. I've walked that fine line, but I've been able to stay on the side. The, the, the right you side just got to turn your back and pretend it's a cigarette. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's what gets him off that's the back. But the um, side is not a good side, though, so I understand. But it's crazy because a lot of the people, especially like my uncle who last year or like two years ago, he died in prison. Mm. He did. Damn. He did about. He did about 15 years. And then he got out, and when he got out, it was a uh, it was a completely different world. And because of that, there was he felt there were no opportunities for him. And he was one of those people who constantly said he was a victim of circumstance. So he did something to intentionally go back. And when he went back, he died. He died in prison. Wow. Dang. So I just want you to touch on on the uh, on the foundation and how it helps people and just everyone in general because everyone knows someone who's been in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, the Calvin Baco Foundation is something that I've been um, thinking about for some time, but it, I had to wait for myself to get into a certain place within myself, you know, and to be able to have it as real as I wanted it to be and have it really in my heart. And for other people to be able to receive it that way as well, um, the foundation really is based on. Um, uh, I guess I mean just to kind of break it down to you real quick, is 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 inner city youth, is homelessness, is um, rebuilding yourself from incarceration and coming back out to you know like what you just said about your family, allowing them to be able to have somewhere to go as um data a lot of people say that they don't know where certain things is the programs the schools the 
the uh, um, organizations and foundations and things of that nature. A lot of them say that, oh, I don't know where to look. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Well, the Calvin, Calvin Baco Foundation, even my website is like basically going to be considered a one-stop shop. You know, you can actually go to all, all the programs in New York City. You can go to all the organizations. You can find all the foundations. You can find everything. It's basically a Craigslist database for uh, foundations, organizations, and programs. That's that, that that's a good look, man. That's something. Uh, I mean, number one thing like, that stands out to me, what you just said, was uh, the, uh, you know, helping the inner city youths, man. I think, I think inner city youths now are... I don't want to say more underserved, but with the budget cuts and the funding cuts, need programs like this more and more. Because, I mean, I, I say it a lot. Like, I was fortunate. Uh, you know, I did a lot of after school. and was in a lot of programs as a kid. So, after school, you know that time when kids get into trouble mm -hmm. before they start getting into real trouble because they're home by themselves, no parental guidance. I was somewhere until I was back with my parents. But I know a lot of friends who didn't have that in, who fell into, you know, fell into the trap. So well, a lot of them don't know where to go. Yeah. You know, a lot of them, you know, they 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 find themselves on the street store because there's nowhere to go. If they know where there's a program at, like, I guess, say, football. You have a lot of kids that's interested in football, um, combine, you know what I mean, or basketball, certain things like that. They don't, you know, a lot, you see a lot of skateboarders now. So, you know, they, you know, it's a lot of things that's going on. But, you know, if they don't know where the programs are in their borough per se, you know what I mean? Like, they don't have to go yeah. to Manhattan if they're from Brooklyn. You know, they don't have to go to Queens if they're from the Bronx, you know, or Staten Island. But if there's programs that are in different other areas, then, you know, we should be able to make them aware of where these programs are and, you know, give them the opportunity. That way, they're left with no excuse by saying, I didn't know. Yeah. Give us an example, because you, you said one uh, one program in particular during the meeting that, I felt people should really be aware of about the insurance. Um, we always talk about helping the outside, you know, um, but a lot of people has less interest in helping the inside. And when I say the outside, I mean that's out in the free world. And um, they somewhat kind of attempt to ignore the, um, the people that's locked up. Um, me, myself, I did almost 20 years in and out of prison, federal and state. And... It took a lot for me to have to go across the bridge to Rikers Island to, um, and to have a workshop to have me go over there two and three times a month and to talk to those guys. But I know the importance of um, them being in there because you have to realize they're eventually going to come home at some point. So if you don't provide an opportunity for them, you know, as much as you done built and, and succeeded in everything that you've done out in the community, it's only going to take one of them to come home to mess everything up. So I just want to have it to be able to have a transition for them to be able to just walk out, have the opportunity to be able to fall in line and have the opportunity to be able to have the same opportunity that you and I have when they come out here and not be have have a stamp on them. Um, what, you, what we was talking about in the meeting was um, a lot of inmates um, even coming home are not aware of, uh, of uh, a government bonding program. That's what you're talking about. Um, if they go online and pull up a government bonding program, let's say um, you've never been to jail before, you've been to college or you've graduated high school and everything of that nature, a guy that just come home from jail with a criminal record feels like he can't go up against that. But what he don't know is if a government, if he has a government bonding application tied to the application that he's trying to get the job for or whatever, um, truth be told, he has a better opportunity of getting that job than you. Yeah. You know, um, well, what and, exactly and, does it? 
Um, go ahead. No, uh, the, the government bond, what exactly does it entail? Like, in, uh, the the entail? government bonding is, um, is something where it's, it, 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 it's, it's uh, insurance. It gives insurance to um, the person that's actually hiring you. They have a 99.9% um, success rate inside of that program. And uh, it, just, it's an, it just ensures that if anything happens to that property or, or, or on that job when you hire this person, if mm -hmm. anything happens, they're reliable or they become responsible. It's just like an insurance policy to that person that's locked up. And a lot of times, again, they don't know anything about this. But if they go online and pull up government bonding, you know, it'll be easier for them to get a, um, get a job. It also, it's a tax write-off as well. Yeah, so, I was reading that. Like a lot of companies now, before it was like a... A big, you know, stigma, you know, ex-con coming out now. Like with tax breaks, companies are getting, like they, they, they're more than happy to, like the kid who's done, who hasn't been inside, as opposed to, you know, getting that tax write-off and giving someone a second chance. Yes, exactly. and a lot of them are more than happy to, because I mean, I mean, a lot of people. I don't want to, you know, sound like an asshole, but a lot of people who've been inside really don't want to go back and will, you know, straighten up and toe that line and go work a, a dog shit job they hate. So uh just to just just, just to, to avoid remain. that. Yes, yeah, yeah. so and a lot I mean, of companies you, you, understand. You would that. say a guy like, you know, your family that did like fifteen years or so, he wind up um going, you know, coming home and not feeling comfortable out here. That was, that's just an example of what we're saying. Like if he was if he was actually maybe possibly aware of the government bonding program and saw that he had just as much of a chance or opportunity as the next person that's never done time, then maybe he probably would have felt a little bit more comfortable out here. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I mean, me, myself, like in my past, I would always think that when I did come home, I knew that I w it wasn't going to be long. I had the, the options that I had were very limited. I felt like either I was going to go back to jail for how long I didn't know or you know i was i was living a life of either you know death or go to jail so um i did as much as i could and you know and up until the time that i actually did get locked up i got I, I i went my first time going to jail was in 83 i went upstate in 84 i came home in 86 violated parole in 87 caught a murder in 88 jeez got acquitted in 89 45 days later caught a case with jay-z in 89 got out for that in um 90 went back in february 91 did almost 14 years came home in 2004 went so, back in in 2009 came home in 2012 like that's that's insane, that's a, that, this, that's ridiculous you know what i mean but um i would say this my, my my father always told me that a person won't stop until they're ready to stop and i'm fortunate fortunate enough for me i'm blessed to say that I had enough out of my system right now that moving forward, I'm moving forward with enough experience that I can teach or at least be an example. Even if I'm not a trying to teach or an attempting to teach, I'm leading by an example of the things that I'm doing now. And that's what matters to me. Like the next phase of my life is is leading by an example. I asked a question on the show probably like a year ago to one of the guests that we had on. I don't remember what guest it was. I just remember it was a phenomenal question. So I want to ask it to you. If you yourself right now could go back, let's say, 20 years and speak to Klein mm -hmm. at his peak, what would you tell him? Um, I would probably tell him to get off the mountain that he's on. And if you knew better, 
for the things that you're about to go through, you probably will jump off this damn mountain. Because it's the the end the, the end of the road for um for for Calvin Klein is is it's been gone a long time ago. I've been chasing that person, being that person when I wasn't that person a long time ago. It's hard to be who I used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me to come out here now and try to act like I'm who I used to be, you know, I'm 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 just making a fool of myself for one, and um and I'm a non-believer of even attempting to trying to be who I used to be. I don't believe in I don't believe in ever thinking that I could ever be Calvin Klein again. I can only be me, you know. So um, being me feels more comfortable being Calvin Baycoat, formerly known as Calvin Klein. When you you, you, like a lot of the things that you say, especially when you drop the dates, you were going through the system before I was even born. So mm-hmm. this is like when you talk about these years, you're talking about my life. Mm-hmm. You just spanned my entire life in uh, in just court proceedings and and coming in and out. Was how how was it different society from when you first went in to when you came out? Did your men, like, did, did your mental capacity change as to what was around you? Did uh, did you feel did you feel enlightened when you came out and saw things for what they were? I saw things for what I wanted to see. It asked for what I wanted to be. That's what it was. Nothing else mattered around me. If it if it was any different, I made it my business to try to make it change for the way I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter when I came home, how long I was going to be away from when I actually get back out to do what I have to do. Um, I had always believed that I was good to the people who I, who served me well and who I stood by their side as well as them standing by my side. So I felt um, that long as they were there, mm-hmm. long as part of my team was there, if only one person on my team was there, I could build an army from one person. And every time I came home, that's that's what happened. Like, you know, I didn't I didn't have to come home like maybe say a, a regular person who didn't have a name for themselves and had to start all over again. If I if I came home from on the fifth floor after maybe say doing a few years, I didn't I didn't start on the first floor. I came home and started on the fifth floor again, if not maybe a little bit higher. So that was every time when I when I when I when I actually got into the drug game, I got into the I, I initially was a stick up kid in my earlier 80 days. And um, when I came home in 86, I seen the game change. So I wanted to, you know, go with transitioning myself into, you know, being what I saw, which was, you know, the drug game. And when I got into that, you know, I got into that with, you know, with 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 bearing in mind that I was going to be one of the biggest drug dealers in Brooklyn at that point, you know. Um, and I set a goal at it, and you know, unfortunately, accomplishing it. But um, you know, I don't tell people I was one of the best drug dealers in Brooklyn, and I don't tell people that I was a, one of the best gunmen in Brooklyn. But I do say that if you put me anywhere, you would probably put me at at the top ten of the best both. That's real you know, shit, right yeah. there. You don't that talk is. about when you talk about when you talk about Harlem. You talk about Rich. You know what I'm saying? Paul and A. When you talk about the Bronx, you talk about Boy George. When you talk about Queens, you talk about the Tommies and the the Supremes and you know the the Fat Cats. But when you talk about Brooklyn, Calvin Klein ain't come up as one of the top five or the top ten. And it's crazy because in doing the research, one of the things that we uh, uncovered 
in one of your interviews, previous interviews, was the fact that it was like a quarter of a million dollars every four days. I can't even fathom a thousand dollars right now. <laughs> you gave me a thousand. I couldn't. I couldn't fathom making that in a year, let alone four days. I Holy lose my mind. Shit. Well, let me say. Let me say this. This is uh, you know, I, mean, I can go back into your Bushwick days where you know you got the Myrons, the Santoses, and you know the the Hancock crew, and the like. No. I can go on down the line, like you know, what I'm saying like you know, those guys, like you know, the Renees and the Chamels, and you know, those guys are part of Bushwick history. Like, you know, like it, love it, or hate it. You know, those guys is, you know, phenomenal guys in their day and their time. In the 80s, you had to be a hell of a dude to, to take a block, take a corner, like, you know, to take a hood. Like, you know, they say that, you know, I was, I ran Red Hook. Like, you know what I mean? Red Hook is in New York considered one of the top two biggest uh, uh, projects is in New York City. You yeah, know, um, you, go yeah. my, you go to my... My my criminal records or go to my documents, you know, they say that I ran both Queensbridge and Red Hook at the same time. So you know, in in history, in history, there's no person that you can you can say that you know say that by. So you know, it's not it's nothing that I you know. Sometimes I have to go in character in order to explain the person, but you know, um, I don't I don't like the character of the person today. Like you know, could I would I want to be who I am today if I ever knew who I was going to be? The answer would be no. Like I wouldn't want to be Calvin Klein if I knew who Calvin Klein was going to be. I wouldn't have wanted to do twenty years in and out of prison. I wouldn't have wanted to get locked up for attempt murder. I wouldn't have wanted to get locked up for murder. I wouldn't have wanted to go through having being shackled and transferred from one plane to the next and one state to the next. Transfer me from New York, and then I got to go from New York on, in an airplane on handcuffs to Laredo, Texas, an hour away from Mexico, and you know transfer me from there to Indiana, and then from there I got to go from another jail to years later three years later to another jail like Dang. you know i was transported like a like an animal you know um you know whether if it was summertime nighttime or whether if it was wintertime you know you know they have you on black boxes they have you on chains like when you talk about looking at the movies the movies is nowhere near as close as the real deal there's nowhere near it you know the, i can't the, even imagine the movies is considered really the truth be told a joke that, that, that's the big thing Like uh, everybody right now With this orange Is the new black craze I'm like Prison yeah. isn't fun yeah. Everybody's talking about it like, like there's nothing fun About losing your freedom Like True. everybody's talking about it I, If I was in prison I'd love to be in orange Like no like, nah, There's nothing glorious about it But if you lock yourself In your it. closet You know what I mean You be the, you know, you couldn't even do 24 hours in there nah. You know As a matter of fact Lock yourself in your closet Before you have to go To the bathroom Lock yourself in the closet And don't have anything to eat Lock yourself in the closet You know what I mean With the lights out and then see whether if you can actually even do 24 hours. I promise you, you won't even be able to do an hour. I'll go as far as to say I wouldn't be able to do 20 minutes, man. (laughs) 20 minutes tops. I'm claustrophobic. Yeah, I'm claustrophobic too. I can't can't deal with that shit. I mean, mean, you know, you you hear a lot of women talk about how long it takes for them to be celibate celibate for, what, uh, a, a year you ask a, you ask a regular woman how long they've been yo I've been celibate for a year I haven't been having sex in this long in two years like I haven't had sex for 14 years almost like you know so you know and, and, and sometimes you know having to go through jail you're forced to have to live that way 
you know, until you come home and, you know, and then you live a regular, normal life. Like right now, I appreciate freedom before I didn't. Like I can care less about freedom, like the way I almost can care less about life, mm -hmm. you know, but that's not my mind frame. Like if you ask me now how I think, I think about, I think about joy. I think I don't, I, I, I don't go against pain. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not with trials and tribulations. Like, you know, I'm not with those things. I'm with more, more happier times and happier things more in my life now, you know? Yeah. Man. And, and that's it. Like, you know, it, it take a lot for me to have to go through what I've gone through in life and still live to be able to, you know, live a, a, as decent in a life as I'm living. Like, you know, I don't, I don't look behind my back. I don't, you know, I don't check for this. I don't check for that. You know what I mean? I'm conscious of things. I'm conscious of my past. Of course I have to be, you know, uh, and I try to be as on point as much as possible though. But, you know, my faith is strong, you know, so. Your book, which I believe is called Neighborhoods Under Siege. Mm-hmm. I started reading it. <laughs> I got to admit it. But uh, I want to know who, because, you know, I heard in the meeting that, you know, a lot of the writing was done while you were inside. Mm -hmm. Who were the people that were influential in keeping your mind straight so that you could finish that project? Um, myself. Myself. Um, I, 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 I want to say family. I want to say God. I want to say, and all those are true, but... First and foremost, really, you know, I mean, giving, giving the um the blessings to God to allow me to be able to keep the sanity, you know, because when I went back in in '09, my mind was done, you know, what I mean, like I was tired, I was stressed out, I was burnt out, like it was, I I couldn't believe that after coming home in 2004 and successfully um getting that that rich money again. You know, um, I didn't have to get it the wrong way. I got it the right way yeah. and then wind up going back in the 09 and losing most of it again. You know, um, just just the loss of my freedom. The money wasn't an issue because I always feel like as long as I got my freedom, I can make as much money as I want to make in my life. So I don't I don't I don't look at none of that. I just look at my freedom. And when I lost that again, um, I told myself, um, why am I why am I back here again? And I put it in God's hands. I uh, I actually asked God, why am I back here? And he said, you need to learn more. Mm. You need That's to learn deep. more. It's truth. You man. know, you didn't, you didn't, I gave you, I gave you 14 years, almost 14 years away the last time. And you came home and you was Calvin Klein. You need to learn more. That's and when you go home this time around. You will never want to be Calvin Klein again. You will always want to be Calvin Baycoat. And that's what carried me. Um, I never wrote a book before. I was just a good writer. You know, when I was a kid growing up, um, I pretty much, you know, uh, was within myself writing, you know, studying books and reading a lot of books. And then even when I got locked up, I read a lot of books, like, you know, all throughout my bed. And something just told me to just put my words on paper. I wrote that book straight through. I, I did not go back to redo anything. Everything that I wrote was straight through. Dang. My That's wife insane. edited That's my wife edited the whole book, but um I wrote it straight through. I didn't go back to try to correct this or fix this or do that. Nah, everything came straight out of my head, went straight on the book, straight on the paper. That's willpower, man. That's serious because how many times have we tried to I've, write some shit? I tried writing short stories, man, and every everything just delete, man. Like, <laughs> my finger does not leave the delete button. Like I get, like I remember I had a point where I was just so upset with it. Like I gave it to him to read, and like, yo, this is good. Just just keep writing. And I tried. Like I got another two pages, and it's delete. Like, I don't like it. Nah, I don't they like got it. they like, got a um they got a system in there called True Links, and um when every time I got to the computer. 
And I put my hands on the keys. I always put my head down and said a prayer. And I asked God, I said, please allow me the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to be able to deliver not only to the people but to myself. I need to know who I am now. Mm. So, in essence, you writing the book was you reflecting on your life. Did you actually read the entire thing through after you wrote it? Or yeah, was it just I, like... I, I, I actually did. I had to, you know, but... um. Writing it was the hardest part because I had to go back into character in the character that I never really wanted to go back mm-hmm. into. You know, I had to um, like mentally, you know, endure those things. But I told myself before I wrote it, I put down all the elements that I wanted to have in the book. You know, sex, money, murder, agony, defeat, trials and tribulations, et cetera, et cetera. And um, Un Rivera actually told me how to uh, break down the concept. Of, uh, of videos and other things and I kind of like used that same concept that he gave me and incorporated it into my book so when I wrote the book I started from the beginning and I used all the elements and incorporated the same elements in the beginning and then I used the same elements in the middle and then I used the same elements in the end now once I got the, the beginning the middle and the end done the book was nowhere near finished the most important part about my book to me was the introduction and the conclusion you know absolutely and that's that's where i felt like you know i needed to hit the home run telling the story was one thing you know but giving a conclusion of what the story was about because by no means that i want anybody to think that i was trying to glorify the, the way i live so the book is in essence the transition from klein to baco mm-hmm. exactly and when you got out, uh, I'm not sure which year it was exactly, but I, I do remember you saying you were Akon's tour manager. And I did see you in the videos for a few of them. He's driving in the <laughs> yeah. car and shit. Yeah. But uh, at that point in time, when you got out and you were back in the music industry and you're in the videos, was that Klein? Um, no. And, and it's crazy that you asked me that, though. Nobody's ever asked me that before. And I'm going to say... Truth be told, no, that wasn't me. I just came home on a wave of Klein. You know, um, I mean, what did I have to lose? You know, all I had to do was just walk out the door and get a phone call from Kevin Childs and get a phone call from Jay-Z while I was in the halfway house. Um, meet Akon while I was in the halfway house. And just by mere reputation and status, you know, it, it, it peaked everyone's interest on what my next move was going to be how things were going to be when i got out and um that's 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 what i went with you know unfortunately um it it worked it worked out though but a good friend of mine which i accept her as a mentor her name is wendy day um i heard that name yeah when yeah wendy wendy actually is the head of the rap coalition um from when tupac first started she's originally the um the the um well I I call her hip hop's finest you know what I mean and and the reason why I say that is because she helped pioneer masterpiece um deal she helped pioneer Eminem's deal Twister's deal and Cash Money deal and those are the four most lucrative deals in the history of hip hop Cash Money's deal was like yeah, revolutionized it, that's like. a very good friend of mine's um when I went back in '09 when she found that I went in she stood by my side from from the moment you know and 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 still by my side she sent me a book called um the success principles by jack canfield and i think that that 
book right there was part of the reason of me turning my my whole mind frame around along with some things that she said um she told me that i don't want to change who calvin klein is i just want to change the way you're thinking mm. you know and then my brother actually told me he said when are you going to get enough being calvin klein what if anything happens to mommy and daddy because they're getting older man when are you going to stop chasing who you are man because what if something happens and you in jail how will you feel if something happened and they pass away and yeah, you can't even crazy. be there to respect them yeah all those things right there totally changed me like you know um one would say that they have no reason to ever go back and i pray that there's no reason for me to go back you know i'm doing everything i possibly can to uh, be the example that i need to be you know whether if it be the younger younger people or older people like you know older people a lot of people tend to think that you know just because they're older you know is reason to give up on them but they're still here you know and uh, even when i go inside of the jails um i tell the older group i say just do me one favor man just tell the truth of who you are that's real especially what i've noticed a lot now especially now you know working in a place like this and dealing with people in the industry they feel that putting up that perception of let's say what klein was is what's gonna make them pop mm -hmm. and a lot of that stuff is glorified now to so to see you someone who actually lived that who was at the top of the game to just reverse your entire life and now set up a foundation who helps people in ways that even you know our own government won't even extend that help won't they'll just have the paperwork it. there and never tell you about it true so i think that's a, it's an amazing thing man and I, i'm i'm glad to know you thank you i'm um, glad to know you as well i tell um like uh, i guess you no know, jay-z told me one time he's gonna make me larger than life uh akon said the same thing you know um I feel that you're going to take part in the same breath of what they said about making me larger than life. <laughs> you know, your, your your body of work is phenomenal. And um, that's all I care to be around, you know, because it, you have to have a certain type of look in order for people to really pay attention to you. Yeah. Like, you know, people paying attention to Calvin Klein, but, you know, I have to kind of like convert their attention over to Calvin Baycoat now. And... Um, it's kind of sometimes the transition of it could be hard because a lot of people want to still call me Klein. Mm -hmm. They don't want to call me Calvin, you know, or it's kind of hard to say my last name, you know, Baycoat, Bacoat, you know, like, you know, yeah. or they just mess it all up. But, you know, Calvin's fine, fine with me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, I think that uh, I think uh, at the age that I am right now, why would I be wanting to run around? saying that my name is Klein like like yeah. for real like, you know what I'm saying like come on you can't be serious man like come on man like I'm 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 not a I don't want to say I'm above I'm above and beyond the character you know I mean I built the character I should be able to break yeah. him right that is true man like you should be able to after you know you built that you should be able to step away from it yeah, when you want I made, I made you <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> I, I, I made you Calvin Klein I should be able to be you know what I mean able to take you out if I made you so, you know, I mean, that's what it is. I, I, I wake up every day, you know, with the Calvin Baco Foundation in mind. I wake up every day with, um, you know, just doing something productive for, um, for some type of kid, man. Like, you know, this it's kind of like it's messed up out here, but I don't want to run around like the preacher man. You know, I don't want to, you know, yeah. that's that's what that's what they do in church. And when I ever get a chance to really get up in the churches, then I'll give my testimony and deliver that, you know, and um and go from there but um i'm in my lane 
Like yeah. I feel like I'm in a lane that nobody's in, you know, and a lot of people is going to be shocked at um all of what I have to offer inside of my foundation. But I mean that's that's a great thing though, man. Offering people, I mean the second chance that a lot of people deserve. I mean everybody, I mean they call America the land of the second chance, man. There's people that get a third and fourth, and there's some people that just don't get the second chance opportunity or even get a fair shot at a second mm-hmm. chance. So, I mean with with the Calvin Baco Foundation's attempting to do, man, there's a lot of people that, I mean, this success story is waiting to happen. And you know what though, a lot of people don't want to give Calvin Klein nothing. So I'm 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 lucky to be somebody else. You know, to be Calvin Baco. You know, you got a lot of guys that say like, damn, I don't get Klein all I can give him. I gave him a whole lifetime full of everything. Yeah. You know, but guess what? You never get Calvin Baco nothing. You know, it's a completely so try that. Person. Yeah, try that. Try that because Calvin Baco is a brand. Calvin yeah. Klein was a product. Oof. You guys heard it here on the Button Road Show, man. <laughs> I'm going to tweet was... that shit later. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Um, you know, just touching a little bit on, on what you said before about Jay-Z. I, I, I didn't want to go too deep into that. But I do have to ask you one question that I was thinking about. You know, when whenever I see one of my boys that I haven't seen in a while and they're doing great, I always take a sense of, of pride in that. Mm-hmm. And you did you did a bid while Jay was on the come up and now we don't even need to fucking you know say his name you see his face everywhere you go mm-hmm. did you feel that you were taking uh, a part in his success when jay came out in 96 i think i was like the happiest person in the world when i saw him on the video because i was one of the people in my mind who actually believed that when he did get his shot he was going to evolve to the person that he is today so I don't never doubted him. I don't think anybody in their right mind that heard Jay back in the days would have doubted him. Maybe he might have been before his time. Maybe he might have had to shift um, his style somewhat in what he actually did. But he did all the right things and made all the right moves. Um, right now, Jay is an example of, um, in some ways, what I know I need to be. And I need to get certain people out of my life like he got out of his. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm turning my back on the hood. Not that I'm, I'm I'm selling out. Not that I'm doing this. It's just that you you have to eliminate certain things in order to allow yourself to be able to focus and focus the right way. And that's where I'm at with it right now. Like, nothing and nobody matters if they're not part of the movement. Yeah. What would you say to the kids who, let's say, idolize your history but don't really want to pay attention to you now? Um, you have to pay attention to where I am now because the the journey, I say that I don't want to be who I was, you know what I mean, but I respect who I was to get to who I am now. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's the experience. See, the bad thing on their part is that if they ignore the experience, that's the problem, mm-hmm. you know, ignoring it. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to preach to you. I'm not even trying to tell you what to do. I'm just trying to put something in your mind. Like, a lot of these kids out here, man, they don't know who their father is. Yeah. They don't know their history. You know, they don't know who they are. You know, so when they get into the circle of the next person that don't know who he is or know his history, then that means they have something in common. And... They vent out and they do the things that we don't seem to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that that being said, man, you know, um, they still good kids, man. 
they still good kids, man. They still good kids. Like the if 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 the government or if anybody else gave up on them, then you know um, the Calvin Baco Foundation not gonna give up on them. I'm gonna give them as much of an opportunity as I possibly can. You know, uh, I could have easily went back into the music industry, and I could have easily you know just shut down and you know did a whole bunch of other different things and you know prospered and you know just move on with my life and everything else. I didn't have to come and hit center stage, lights, camera, action all over again. Like, really, truth be told, this is not really what I really wanted to do. You know, but when I looked at it and saw that there was nobody there, there was a void in between, you know, um, the someone stepping up, really, that these kids can relate to. You know, I'm who your father used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, even whether it's being a bad way or a good way, I'm willing to accept it. Like, see, that's the thing. I'm willing to accept being who your father was, even if he was the bad guy, even if he was the good guy. You know, if he if he walked away and went to jail for for 13, 14 years, that's me. I have kids as well. You know what I mean? So I've done the same thing to my kids as your parents probably did to yours, to you. And, you know, that being said, you know, my kids have open arms for me. You know, they love me. You know, um, I love them. And, um you know we we we're going through the same type of phase and that 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 the next kid is going through so i see it and i understand it um and i'm not willing to walk away from it that easily this time around you know this time around i'm 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 taking responsibility for it this is a this is a serious yeah. thing and you know it's not just the fact that we have Calvin Baycoat on the Button Road show with us right now it's the fact that we have Calvin fucking Baco on the Button Road show with us right now. Thank you. Talking talking about it really is just changing because this is the, one of the biggest things that I learned is you can't change your surroundings until you change yourself. Because mm-hmm. people need to be inspired. You can't go in a room and say, yo, all y'all need to make money right now. You just got to go in there and throw a stack of cash on the table and watch everybody be inspired to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing for, for everyone, not just people in prison, not just kids on the come up, you're doing this for everyone because you're giving a, you're giving a success story on a platter, pretty much. Mm-hmm. This is who I was. This is who I am now. This is what I can accomplish. And the fact that you're accomplishing these things, you got the book out. The foundation uh, website is pretty much almost complete. There's so many things happening right now that it's it's, just even aside from the success. I mean, it's redemption too, man. A lot of people feel like I mean, you've I mean, like I don't want to say like night and day, but it's basically night and day. Like yeah, it is. You know, but I'm glad. I'm glad it's more day than it is night. I can see in the daytime. Can't see too much in the night. Yeah. You know, and um, I'm not trying to fool nobody. Like I'm I'm old enough now to be able to accept the life the way it is, and my life is comfortable. It's good. I don't have to come out here and try to you know put up a facade of something you know what i mean that's not real you know um i support what's real i support the truth and um i don't have to be a street dude you don't have to you don't have to call me a street dude you don't have to call me the og you don't have to call me the big homie you don't have to call me none of that you know what i mean my movement's bigger than all that man you know that's and that's and that's and that's real talk like i'm not in the, i'm not in the streets way you know and the streets not in my way so we make each other even by that being the case. I got a whole bunch of things that I got going on, and and you know, I mean, it's not about the book. You know, the book's a product. You know, the book put me in a certain. I put my own money out for that with that book. You know, now I put myself in a position here. What we go? I put the book out in February. You know, my own money. 
Now I got a major distribution deal, and the book is be coming out December 9th under revised edition. I got my own publishing company, pre-publishing. You know, I got the foundation going on. 501c3. Actually, I got my vendor's license for the Department of Education, so now I'm getting ready to go up into all the schools in New York City See, and go up there and speak to the kids. Huge, like, I got a... My, my, my movement is more important now, you know what I mean, than anything ever. Like, you know, I don't want to... Want the greatest thing... The greatest thing for me is to be remembered for who I am and what I'm doing now. The worst thing is for me to be remembered for who I used to be. And you're doing it. You're 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 laying down the groundwork for what's going to become one of the most impactful things that we've ever been a part of. Like yeah. just the fact that we're here talking about this. I mean, just people listening to this right now, man. I mean, you can be changing people's lives listening to this. Like that's that's the thing, man. Just a shot at helping any one person is worth it. But at the at the level you're trying to do it, man, you're changing not you, you could change a, gen- a generation of lives, not just a couple, but a generation of lives, man. So yeah, I'm over with an organization called the Hayden Organization. I'm about to uh, hopefully maybe work some things out where I can be part of the Good Shepherd program out of Red Hook, and then um expand to, to other Good Shepherds, um, you know, and um still associated to a lot of other different entities and organizations, you know. I I just want to help. Uh, my my main my main uh, points. Is helping uh, homelessness, helping bullying, you know, helping drug, you know, drug, drug use, addiction, cancer, um, you know, uh, police brutality, um, things of that nature. Like, you know, um, those are my my main points. You know, I walk I walk a hundred miles, you know, and just in support of situations like that. You know, um, I just want to, you know, I just want to have the right light shine on me this time around. You know, I don't had lights camera action on me for all the wrong reasons and doing all the wrong things. Like when you talk about making a quarter of a million dollars every four days, like that was between both me and my partner. You know, that didn't come from just, you know, my hand only. You know, that's 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 what, you know, totaled out, you know what I'm saying, between both me and my partner Danny. You know, Danny Dan from Marcy Projects. And um, you know, we we had a total of like thirty three crack spots in, in Brooklyn alone. You know, it took a it took it took a hell of a dude to to have something like that. But if I can be associated to be part of uh something like that in a large scale such as that, um I think that I can, you know, um have Danny rest right now and and let him see that I done took it and changed it to a whole nother level. Because if he was here he would do the same thing. You know. And and that's that's for all those man. Like you know, we got a lot of Brooklyn soldiers, man, that done got taken far too soon, man. You know, and 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 people was dying, and you know, um, even even just yesterday, a great friend of mine, you know, um, Tony, you know, from um from from Red Hook, Tony Sterling, he he got killed unnecessarily, you know. Um, Damn. not gonna go through the details of the cause though, but you know, it's it, it was some hood shit, like you know. So that's the worst like, way to lose people, man. Yeah, over hood like, shit, man. So you know, when when things like that happen, man, it, it it holds real deep to me, where I feel like you know, I lost one, like you know, what I mean, my voice didn't get out there fast enough, you know, what I'm saying, and I pretty much lost one. And that's where I feel um, feel where I need to kind of move as fast as I need to move, and I don't think that I'm moving fast enough, you know, because of the because of the effects that you know is going on out here in the streets. Like it's 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 just like a whole lot. Yeah, man. That's unfortunate, though, man, to lose somebody like that, man. I mean, and it happens every day. Yeah, yeah every that's day. the worst like, part, you know, man. I mean, that's 
like you know like how many people died in a day in a day like you know and then how many people go in and out of jail in and out of jail is like a revolving door it's 2.5 million people in jail every day like would you actually say that you can lessen that number now you know what I'm saying like maybe in 90 days maybe it might be 2.3 or 2.1 no it's, it's, it's steadily 2.5 like 2.5 like every quarter is 2.5 so it's like when is anything going to change like um I went to 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 Maryland like in DC area um just last week and spoke with the, uh, any city youth out there and I told them I said the next time you look in the mirror look in the mirror and see the person that everybody else think they know but look in that mirror and see the person that you really know because nobody know you better than you know yourself you know and I asked one of them I said do you still be dreaming and he told me immediately no I don't dream like why not like do you literally telling me that when you go to sleep for eight hours you sleep in the dark the hell you a vampire (laughs) (laughs) fuck like you know what I'm saying are you serious like you 16 17 years old and you know you might as well you might as well consider your better casket you know what I mean? Every call, call your bed a casket. Don't even say I'm going to bed. You know what I mean? Just say I'm going to my casket. You know, and it's and, it, and it's a shame that you know you have a strong majority of the kids that's out here that if that question is asked, they would actually tell you that they don't dream anymore. You know, the effects of the household by the parents is um is that effective where the only communication that the kids is actually having is on on their phone. The parent only yeah, the correspondence that the, the parent has is with the phone. Like, do your homework. You yeah. can't even tell your kid to do the homework straight up. You got to get on your your phone and text, and text them text and the tell next them room. to do their homework. Right in the next room. You know? I and, yell at my parents when they text me from the and, next room. And, 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 the, and the weird thing about it is now is that for most kids, there's no no fear for them with their parents. You know, I mean, it's not it's not the parents' duty to make the kids scared of them, but where where there's no fear there's no respect and it's and it's a lack of you know what i mean of that you know why would a kid be wanting to actually have so much hate on their parents that they want to kill them or they wish them dead you know why would you why would you want that but it's it's, it's just terrible thinking and i i kind of like you know i put a lot of pressure on myself because i blame myself a lot and when i say that is that I say sometimes, man, maybe if I didn't sell as much drugs as I did, maybe the parents' mind wouldn't be the way it is, or maybe the, the effect that they're living wouldn't be the way it is, though. But, you know, I'm willing to accept that if the parent is willing to accept it as well. You know, the parent has to meet me halfway. Like, I'm willing to go halfway. parent has to meet me halfway. A lot of them in their minds are still kind of messed up, you know, but you don't have to follow the things that, your parents did in their life because you have your own yeah yeah but even in that sense you didn't i mean people are going to do what they want to do anyways so whether you're providing a service that's the extent of that relationship maybe you could feel guilty for for whatever it was that happened back in the day but if not you it would have been somebody else it, the people gonna do whatever they want to do anyway so yeah, that's true though. But listen to what you said. If not you, it would have been somebody else. But it was me, you know. And yeah. I, I, I can easily take the route, you know, by saying, okay, yeah, it could have been somebody else. So and use that as an excuse. Fuck it, fuck them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can kind of say that. But you know, but and if I did say that, then it would probably ease my mind for me not to be doing as much as I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my that's my hunger in me. 
by saying that it's my fault. You know, um, I'm not asking nobody for forgiveness. I asked that a long time ago. I asked the system. I asked the courts. I asked the, you know, the the justice. You know, uh, I asked everybody and their mother for forgiveness. But I didn't ask myself. You know, I, I didn't ask myself to forgive myself. It took a long time for me to do that. Yeah. When did that happen? That happened when I went in 09. I had to do some vicious soul searching. You know, I was like literally tired. I never, I never at any point wanted to kill myself. And that's why it was easy for me to move around, though, because I went up against the odds of death wanting somebody else to do it. So it was easy for me to go out and be as dangerous as I was because I was walking into it with no problem, not having any type of fear in my mind, mm -hmm. making myself believe that, you know. Um, and I, I just I, just, I can't even fathom the thought of thinking that there's a kid out there that's 16, 17, a teenager that's actually going to go through what I went through. Like, I don't think that you got to be a hell of a dude to even go through that. The, and it's different times now too. It's 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 is 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 it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Really like I, I feel like I've lost so much of my life that I appreciate all of every day now. Like moving forward, mm -hmm. every day is important to me. Like, you know, I'd rather get less sleep, you know what I'm saying, and more work. I'd rather be more on point on being focused and productive. Like, even if it's not in the daytime, I'm doing real estate during the daytime. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm in the, I'm into that. Like, yeah, you know, we both licensed. Real estate. Yeah, we both like, licensed. Uh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm in I'm into that. So, you know, um, I'm I don't I don't I don't sit around and not do anything. Like, I have to be focused. I have to be on point over what I'm doing because I don't want like any 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 minute is important to me because that's the minute that I can give time to somebody else. And I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I want all my time accounted for. That was, you know, it's crazy as saying that. And that was one of the things we learned in real estate, like in real estate. And they were like, time delegation is one of the most important things you're going to have to learn. Like making sure your time is accounted for mm -hmm. and that you're doing something productive with your time. Because if you're not, you're just sitting there with your dick in your hand. True. <laughs> Literally sometimes. <Yeah>. But, uh, <laughs> more, times than you like to, more times than you like to admit throughout the course of the day. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but uh, we all call Brooklyn home. And this is something that we speak about a lot personally, especially in Bushwick. Do you think that gentrification is, uh, is bringing more positivity or negativity to the uh, to the city. What do gentrification mean? <laughs> Listen, uh, no, no, no. I, I asked that same question about thirty times, but uh, it's mixed neighborhoods. It's, it's, it's mixed neighborhoods now. It's, it's uh, I mean, I don't want to get into you know, you know Miriam Repsters, but gentrification is basically like the redevelopment you're seeing now, like mm -hmm. how they're pushing uh like how they're trying to push some of the Love older it. people out. And Love it. Now well, no, 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 not that part. I love the change. Um, that's what we. That's what. That's what we yeah. work for, man. Like, that's what. That's what we strive for. I like the physical change, like seeing the change in the neighborhood. Because I, I remember when, like, there were places we grew up in Bushwick. I mean, even right, like, I'll say for one, right across the street from the eighty third, we went to like school right there, one sixteen, right across the street. That was an empty lot for mm -hmm. about 
the first 15 years of my life I can remember long time, but yeah. God knows how long before but when I mean they finally redeveloped it, it's like wow and you know other empty lots becoming condos mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. empty lots becoming you know a laundromat you know some people mm-hmm. need like and, and it's great to see that but you know when it gets to like did the, they break the, down the, a mansion one of them Santos Mansion did they, did they destroy the red that one? The, the red one by the, the one by the KFC <laughs> by uh, Myrtle Broadway nah, the that's one, still there nah the one that was on the other side of the street one of them they they, uh, they remodeled and like they're renting out right now you can see like oh, ACs okay. and the hipsters okay, bikes okay. and shit but the one that the one that was closest to the KFC is still there the one on the other side oh, of the street wow. they tore down and like built a condo now, I, I feel I feel like um, rebuilding rebuilding something from worse to better I'm all in, like pushing the older people out of things of that nature. Then okay, nah, nobody's really for that. But you know, uh, overall, I believe that you know I go to Red Hook. You know where I'm born and raised. Never imagined in a million years what I had imagined. You know, seeing some white person walk around with a poodle, you know <laughs> like I mean? free, like, yeah, like no walking problem. to the Starbucks. Like, you know, everything is cool. Like you know, all that. I, I think I think that's 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 a good thing, man. Like you know, uh, you have a lot of you have a lot of uh, people from the hood never been nowhere yeah. like they never they never been as they've probably been as far as south carolina or something like that in the carolinas yeah. to see their family or something like that where um i always say that that's not a good thing that's the worst thing ever you know to confine yourself to brooklyn you know you have a lot of harlem dudes say they've never been to brooklyn before yeah that's you know insane. there's a lot of people that like it's crazy how many people say they've never left new york city at all like like that yeah, i know exactly. in the 40s and 50s i've never like never left the city at all not even not to even jersey, jersey yeah. connecticut like even upstate new york like, oh, i'm scared to day. fly oh, I'm, i don't want to do this or i don't want to do that like you know when do you shut down the excuses like you know you have to go somewhere like when i i my first trip out of the country really was uh on uh, europe you know, I went to Europe when I was on the road with Akon. You know, I went to Berlin, Sweden, Paris, France. You know, I went to Africa, you know, which I recommend, you know, all of us African-American descent to, um, to actually hopefully have an opportunity to um, to go if you can. You know, I went to Lagos. I went to Nigeria, Ivory Coast, Angola. You know, uh, I moved around, you know, um, and was I think that if I can say what did I get most out of? traveling that or being with akon was that traveling went to africa man yeah like, traveling traveling with traveling was the biggest thing for me this is there's like celebrity celebrities that haven't been to africa <laughs> like like the fuck i think everyone needs to go to africa because uh, that's just where the that's just where we came from man like even yeah. us they hey. say my they uh i mean a lot of people don't know their history like you know, my family uh, is actually still looking into our history and trying to go as deep as we possibly can. But, um, you know, my last name is French. You know, most would think that, uh, you know, uh, my family somewhat, I guess, come from Haiti as well. You know, they come from Africa, from Africa to yeah. Europe, from Europe to Haiti, to Haiti to here. And uh, I'm starting to uh, have the awareness of that some of my family was were from Haiti. You know, um, actually, that's something I never even talked about, you know, just become aware of myself, you know, after all these years. But, um, you know, ça passe. Ça passe. Ça passe. So, I mean, we could sit here and just talk to you all fucking night, bro. You're like, (laughs) you're just dos equis right here. He's the most interesting man in the fucking world. But uh, we actually got to wrap the interview now. So just let the listeners know where they can reach you if they want to get in contact with the foundation. What do they have to do? Calvin Bako, 
Oh man, you could tell them that. You the one building it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh pretty soon it's gonna be Calvin Klein dot com. That's uh that's Do the you want to be Calvin Klein Baycoat? Is that that's the actual URL that we have registered right oh, now. But if you to, want Calvin Baycoat. We're gonna have to change that up. So it's yeah. uh we'll we'll post all the info on yeah. buttonroach.com and of course the perfect yeah, storm social media. Let's do that. We'll work on all the other stuff for some other time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but Listen, it's in man, the works. Let's let's get it popping, man. You know, check me out, Calvin Bako, formerly known as Calvin Klein of Brooklyn Don, BK in the building. You already know what it is. Yeah.